Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Anastasia Uglova. Today is Wednesday, May 16th, the day after the second Republican presidential debate in Columbia, South Carolina. That debate is the subject of my interview today with Cato's Executive Vice President, David Bowes. To begin with, did anyone emerge as the winner for you last night? I think it depends partly on what they were running for. If they're running for the Republican nomination, then I think Giuliani had a very good night and he made very good use of challenging Ron Paul on foreign policy. I think McCain also had a good night, but less so with Republican voters. McCain and Ron Paul were both sort of addressing the whole country, independents, Democrats, Republicans, the people who would win a presidency. But if you're talking about just Republican primary voters, Giuliani probably did best, and I think Huckabee and Tancredo may have done well, although neither one of them broke through in a way that a minor candidate has to do. Now that exchange there between Paul and Giuliani, uh, did the Ron Paul candidacy officially implode when he stopped just short of suggesting U.S. foreign policy caused 9-11? Or was that an intelligent point about the reality of blowback? Sometimes when you make a valid point, that's when your candidacy implodes. Michael Kinsley defined a gaffe as when a politician accidentally tells the truth. So those are not mutually exclusive. However, of course Ron Paul made a valid point. Things don't happen in a vacuum. Of course U.S. foreign policy has an impact on the way people look at us. U.S. foreign policy these days is making a difference in the way Europeans want to be allies with us. And U.S. foreign policy over the past 50 years has clearly been important in alienating Arab Muslims. So a lot of people have exaggerated, I think, what Ron Paul said. He did not say, we invited the attacks. That was a Fox News reporter who used that phrase, and that's kind of where Giuliani went. Ron Paul said, if you spend 50 years meddling in the Middle East, deposing elected leaders of Iran and imposing the Shah on them, occupying the holy land of Saudi Arabia, bombing Iraq for 10 years, chances are you will tick people off in the Middle East. And I think that's a valid point. He got applause at one point. Giuliani got probably more applause for rebutting him. From the point of view of a minor candidate, when you become the center of attention, you have done well. And I think this is a point Ron Paul will want to stand behind. Some of the polls after the election, you know, the online poll at Fox News, Romney and Ron Paul were the top two finishers. These are not scientific polls. Nobody knows. A dial test poll showed Ron Paul losing and Giuliani doing well. Hard to say what happened for all the voters. My guess would be that as the war gets more unpopular, being the only one of 10 candidates who's against the war is a good position to be in. As a candidate with a point to make, not a candidate who has a real chance at the nomination. Do you think the candidates adequately addressed the budget issues that they largely ignored in the first debate? Of course not, but the uh, journalists don't spend much time asking them about the budget either, and they don't try to pin them down. Journalists are obsessed with abortion and gay rights and immigration and crime and cultural issues. Journalists don't care about the size of government and government spending. Apparently, neither do Republicans, since they've increased size of government by 50% in the Bush Republican years. So Ron Paul said he would eliminate some federal departments. That's something you can do if you're kind of an ideologue and you're not really seeking the nomination. Giuliani, who is 
seeking the nomination, came up with a fairly ridiculous claim that he would not replace half of the half of federal bureaucrats who are going to retire. You can't get rid of 25% of federal bureaucrats unless you're going to reduce what the government does. You have to do something less. And Giuliani didn't propose to get rid of any functions of government or to get rid of any agencies. He just said, oh, I'll have fewer bureaucrats. Well, I'm sure there are efficiencies possible in the federal government. But I'm very skeptical that you can get rid of very many employees without taking the government out of some jobs. Bill Crystal wrote in the pages of Time magazine that of the potential candidates, Fred Thompson most resembles Reagan. Well, he said Fred Thompson was most like Reagan because he's an actor. That's not exactly a an important qualification for being president. It's true we sort of found out that an actor could do the job of president. That doesn't mean just any actor could do it. I don't think if Warren Beatty sought the Republican nomination, people would say he was great. Thompson has some things going for him. He has a deep voice. He has an anti-politicians, outsiders image. I do like the fact that he claims that several times he was on the 99 to 1 end of votes that he thought were nationalization, that he defended federalism. But I don't think he's the second coming of Ronald Reagan. I haven't seen that evidence yet. The Republicans talk a lot about Ronald Reagan, but none of them are standing up there saying government is not the solution, government is the problem. And so there are no Reagan-esque candidates. I mean, Governor Gilmore might be the most Reagan-esque. Ron Paul tries to make himself a Reaganite, but in fact he was pretty critical of Reagan because Reagan was not a libertarian. Reagan did, however, believe in less government, less regulation, less spending, and none of these candidates are doing that. I mean, if you look at all the major candidates, you don't see a Reaganite among them. Well, as a fiscal conservative, what do you make of Mayor Bloomberg's looming billion-dollar bid for the presidency? Presumably he'd run as an independent. Chuck Hagel talked on the Sunday morning talk show about possibly running with him. We don't know who's who. If you want to spend half a billion or a billion dollars, which Bloomberg could do, you're going to be an interesting candidate. Ross Perot was a billionaire who spent about $60 million running for president and demonstrated to the country that he was a certifiable lunatic, and he got 19% of the vote. So imagine if you're a billionaire who is not a lunatic and you spend twice that much or five times or ten times that much. It could have a real big impact. One of the things we don't know is Bloomberg is Jewish. He's never been a Jewish candidate in the general election. We don't know how much of a problem that will be nationally. I think not so much of a problem, and so he's only shooting for one-third of the vote. He might be able to do something like that. I think it would be a fascinating thing. I don't really know what Bloomberg stands for. I guess he's an efficient fiscal manager, and he's the world's biggest nanny statist. How that will translate into positions on federal issues, I don't know. And what about for the Democrats? Do they need a Bobby Kennedy, as Bill Crystal put it, or a Harry Truman, as Newsweek had it in a recent cover article? Well, you never know you've got a Harry Truman until probably after the fact. So nobody can look at a candidate right now and say, oh, he'll be regarded as the next Harry Truman. It took a generation for Harry Truman to become Harry Truman. Bobby Kennedy, it's a little bit different. I don't think anybody is as fiery and passionate as Bobby Kennedy, but I'm not sure people want that right now. As bad as this war is, I don't think it is dividing the country the way Vietnam did. We're not having the civil rights revolution that we were in 1968. Obama probably comes the closest to being a Bobby Kennedy. He's young. He's kind of an outsider. He's too young, but maybe the time is right for him. 
But I think in Marshall McLuhan's terms, he's much more cool than Bobby Kennedy was. Bobby Kennedy was hot. Gene McCarthy was the cool candidate that year. Obama is a cool candidate. Yes, it would be great if the Republicans could find a Reagan. It would be great if the Democrats could find a Bobby Kennedy. But you don't usually know that until after you find those candidates and they prove themselves. And that's what the primaries are about. Thank you, David. And thank you for listening to Cato Daily Podcast. The Cato Institute is a nonprofit organization that accepts no government funding. If you'd like to find out more about Cato or would like to make a contribution, please visit our website, www.cato.org. Thank you.